Oh yeah. What's up? Welcome back, friends. This one is called Neither East Nor West. I've been cooking on this one for a while, made notes for about two weeks and added and subtracted to and from my notes and you'll see what I mean. Man. But thank you for checking this out. My name is John. Uh, this is Begin Again. This is just one of the ways I try to put my education to good use. I was trained as a pastor. Don't always feel like that, but you know, sometimes the world just needs something that's a little post-conventional. You know what I mean? So what's the plan? Here's the plan. I got a story to tell you and then two lists to share and then we'll bring it all together because I always like to take two things that are far off and bring them close together and see what happens. Now, so we're going to do a story, two lists, and then bring it all together. Here's the story. I want to say it was close to two years ago or so. I was having a conversation with someone and we were talking about the topic of prayer, which is fine. Great, good points were being made all around. It was a good discussion. And then a comment was made in which somebody said, whoa, that sounds a little bit too much like meditation. And I paused. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, a conversation about prayer came to a dead halt, complete stop, a red light, a stop sign, all of these things, just because it sounded like we were getting a little too close to meditation. And this has actually happened a few times where you talk about these things and then some people start to say, no, 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 that sounds too much like Eastern philosophy. That sounds too much that way. Well, it led to this really interesting shift in this conversation. Again, I've had this conversation a few times, but it was born out of this, this, um, this either or, this dualism, this split that said, oh, at a certain point, that's them, that's not us. I thought that's so fascinating. Well, in response, I said, well, as I understand the Jesus path, right? I said, it's not west or east. It's not either of those, and hence the title for today, neither east nor west. I said, it, it Maybe it expanded into the Western civilization, which is where we find ourselves today, but it also expanded into the East, and there's even other things, but it's it's not even that either. This is a movement that rose up in the Middle East, between the East and the West. You see what I mean? So it's fascinating because that conversation and other ones like it have batted around in my head because, well, what... What does the East and the West have to say to each other? And perhaps you know of people that have religious roots in Eastern culture or some in Western culture, and that's fantastic. But here's the thing. I think current estimates say there's about 7 billion people on the planet, maybe more. Let's say seven and a half. Do you really think 3.7 billion people on Earth have the wrong approach to religion? Or maybe do they have some insights that we should really glean, you know? Because I actually think it's really arrogant to assume that 50% of the world is looking at religion wrong or spirituality wrong. It just seems like a toxic, unhealthy, p 
posture inside yourself, you know, to say I have nothing to learn from them and we're better off making ourselves distinct away and never engaging what they have to say. So that series of conversations, conversations like that led me to think, well, what does it mean that maybe the East and the West have a thing to say to each other, have something to teach each other? So I made up two lists and that's this next part. I made up two lists, a one of uh, approaches to spirituality that happen in the West and then a list of approaches that happen in spirituality in the East. Okay, so I'm going to read down the West list and then the Eastern list. You good? You still with me? You follow me? Does this sound interesting? I hope it is. Okay. Now, as I read through the lists, you might recognize that you already lean towards one or the other. That's totally fine. You just need to know where you're starting from, right? So here we go. It seems as though spirituality in the West, so that means like uh, West of the Middle East, throughout Europe, over into Americas, you know what I mean. It seems as though spirituality in the West sometimes leans in this direction towards, here's the list, logic. Makes sense, right? Of course the West would care about logic, but spirituality, yeah. It leans towards having form, which means it really likes having buildings and books and symbols and rituals and things like that. It has morality. Western approaches have teachers. Who are the teachers? The official people, right? It's very concerned with explanations in the West. Western spirituality wants to explain everything, right? Western approaches to spirituality are, are very much geared towards information about what, what is there to learn here? What, is, what information does have to teach me that I didn't know about before? In that sense, it's also very so far left-brained that spirituality in the West is very logic, word-oriented, form. It cares about structure. It cares about lines, which is another thing coming up. It's all about following God and following Christ. They're the forerunners, so we follow them. Don't follow anyone else. Just follow them. That's great. But also, Western spirituality can tend to be exclusive, right there's um we are over here and they are over there and we are not like them they're not like us and so there's this exclusionary aspect to religion because we have compartmentalizations and boxes right we love uh in western civilization thinking about god as a savior about god taking people away from wherever the destruction or disharmony or things are in Western spirituality, we're very rooted in like classical theism, right? With kind of similar to Greek mythology, we have this inherent understanding that God is very much like <laughs> the Greek pantheon in some ways. So even if you're on the Jesus path, you have to recognize you're very influenced by Greek theism, which is fascinating. It's very concerned in the West with action. What do I have to do? What should I not do? 
What is it that we ought to be doing together? What is it that we ought to not be doing together? You know, it's very action oriented. And of course, it's very focused on verbal prayer. What can be said and, and talking out loud, correct? And even more than just a teacher, we have professors. We have people that are really learned and they've gone deep into it and they are so good with everything we've said so far with all the lines and the distinctions, with the, the explanations and the words and the logic and all of that. So, so far, this is just a list of approaches towards spirituality in the West. Yeah? Now, from that list, was there something that stood out to you? Something that you're like, yeah, that, that kind of sums it up as how it's been taught to me my approaches towards spirituality definitely include explanations what can be said what should we do what should we not do has to do with information left brain it's exclusive morality you know all of these things now here's what you need to know it's not bad those are all good things right however that's still only half of the approach because as i've come to understand and read more about Eastern philosophy and Zen or Buddhism and all these other things, it's fascinating because they have a counterpart. They're like a counterpoint to many of the things that happen in the West. So here's the list I came up with, with spirituality approaches in the East. And you might find yourself agreeing with some of them and some of them you might find, well, this is a little too far out, right? So Here's the list about Eastern approaches to spirituality. It's all about paradox. All about paradox. Isn't that interesting? It's, it's about emptiness. And, and emptiness really just means like what is, the, what is the thing beneath the material or within the material? The, the empty or you could say void. The non-material you could say. It's very much concerned with unity, about the unity of all things, the unity within myself or within you or in the, between us and the unity of us and everything else. And instead of teachers, there's gurus that are more rooted in the paradoxes and, and the bewildering statements that defy logic and lead us into paradox. It's very experience-oriented, it seems. Very experience. Whereas in the West, it cares very much about explanations of things. In the Eastern approaches, it's more about the experience. What's going on in your experience? It's all about transformation, which we could say in the West we care about that as well. But at least in the Eastern approaches, they want to know how are you changed or changing and so in that sense, it's very right-brained. And then here's one that's really kind of uh, not scandalous necessarily, but maybe it is. Rather than follow Christ or God, you are to be Christ or God in this world. And so Eastern approaches are more about you need to be God to the people around you. And maybe there's something to be said about that, but let's keep going. Eastern approaches are very inclusive, not exclusive. They don't do lines or distinctions. They have no lines or distinctions instead. 
And God is often more seen as a liberator than a savior, which is fascinating. And instead of classical theism, Greek theism, with a pantheon of gods necessarily, there's often an approach of what's called panentheism, of finding God in all things. But of course, Eastern approaches to spirituality also include contemplation as an emphasis, sometimes more than action. And then nonverbal prayer, and instead of professors, it seems as though Eastern spirituality loves mystics, people that are grounded in the mystery of it all rather than the explanations of it all. So just a recap, I'm going to read right down the list of each of those one more time. In the West, we love logic, form, morality, teachers, explanations, information, left brain, following Christ or God, being exclusive, having lines or distinctions, savior motif, classical theism, action, verbal prayer, and having professors. Whereas in the East, they love Paradox, emptiness, unity, gurus, experience, transformation, right brain, be the Christ or God. They're inclusive. They have no lines or distinctions. They prefer the liberator motif, panentheism, contemplation, mystic, and nonverbal prayer. Okay, now here's the thing. Is that in the East and in the West, there's often we speak past each other because we're not even, it's not, it's more than just we're not using the same vocabulary. It's that we're using completely different modes of thinking about things. It's like the structure of our thoughts are just completely different. And so just speak past one another. So, okay, I said the story and then I said two lists and then I said, let's bring it together. Here's the bring it together. Well, there's this famous famous uh, philosopher of religion that I enjoy reading. His name is Ken Wilber. He's very controversial. But he was very popular in the 70s and 80s and kind of in the 90s. He's kind of faded a bit in his older years. But he talks about how in the West, religion is very good pretty much at helping people to clean up and to grow up, to clean up their lives and to grow up and take on more responsibilities. It's like that's the mode of our world. But then in the East, he said their approach to, towards religion is very much about waking up and showing up. Be present and wake up to the fact that spirit is everywhere and in everything. And so his understanding, his, his thought was like, my goodness, what if the West and its emphasis on cleaning up and growing up could merge or learn with the east and their emphasis to wake up and to show up and so my goodness what if all of us all of us try to clean up and grow up and wake up and show up all four of those things together now of course if you're already on the jesus path that's great but what does it mean to clean up grow up wake up and show up while being someone that takes their faith cues from the person and the life and the work of Jesus? That's a fascinating question, right? But this 
whole idea of transcend and include that uh, Ken Wilber came up with is, listen, we all need to transcend our current mindset, but include the best of it. And so maybe there's something we need to do, at least in the West. Maybe we need to transcend a Western mindset, but include the best parts of it. And maybe people with a more Eastern mindset need to transcend an Eastern mindset and include the best of it with the West to somehow meet in the middle and rise above. Because it's not about either or, it's about both and more. It's about maybe authentic spirituality is supposed to be both Eastern and Western in its approaches, but somehow yet more than just being Eastern or Western. That's a game changer of a thought. And so, my goodness, for me, who was born and raised in the church and takes all of my cues from church history and the crazy, amazing wisdom of it, what does it look like for me to be truthful to that tradition, yet clean up, grow up, wake up, and show up, and incorporate the best of both the East and the West, and yet somehow rise above it. It's Spirituality has not even been tapped in Sunday school when we start talking about it in this capacity. So here's what I have for us to think about. Okay, It is fascinating to me that each, the East and the West, think each other is missing the point of spirituality. Is that a fair statement, right? But the reality is that they both belong, the East and the Western approaches towards spirituality. They both belong. But we have to find ways to integrate the best of each of them. Again, there's a couple billion people in each, the East and the West. Do we really think that 3.7 billion people over there are completely wrong or maybe they've got some insights that we should really incorporate and so let's be honest think about it the most interesting spiritual leaders that you've sat down with spiritual directors or mentors pastors preachers uh all of those things the most interesting to people to sit with are the ones that know in many ways that spirituality is more than just what the East and the West says it is, right? And so what's the, there's like an unholy myth that we all have unholy myths, plural actually, that are holding us back. I think one of the most unholy myths that we have, that we believe, that we don't maybe realize we believe, is that we have nothing to learn from the other side of the world and how they approach religion. That seems like a very unholy myth to me. But what's the sacred truth that breaks that myth? Well, it would be this. We have permission to explore and know that, listen, we're all just trying to walk each other back home. And in the, the Christian tradition, we say that Christ has gone ahead to prepare a place for all of us. And so we're all just trying to walk each other home to that place. And maybe some people in the West have some parts that are really helpful. Maybe in the East, there are some other things that are very, very helpful. 
So here's what I would love to do. I'm going to read down the list again, but instead bring them together. Okay. Before I read the Western list separate from the Eastern, but let's read them together. What if your faith journey and my faith journey were to do this? Incorporate logic and paradox, form and emptiness, morality and unity, teachers and gurus, explanations and experience, information and transformation, left brain and right brain, to follow the Christ and God, and yet somehow in a mysterious way to be the Christ and God to people around us, to somehow be exclusive in some of our claims, yet inclusive in how we interpret them, to have a a weird balance of lines and distinctions with also erasing lines and distinctions. What if we were to approach God as savior and liberator? What if we were to realize there's something true about classical theism and panentheism, that God is in the midst of all things? What if we were to incorporate or integrate action and contemplation, to be a professor and a mystic? Wow, right? Now we're starting to really get to some explosive and vibrant and really thriving approaches. Is that not correct, right? Now, Perhaps you've only heard of spirituality in the either-or categories. What was it like just now as I listed off some ways of approaching faith that maybe integrates the East and the West? How exciting is that? How mind-blowing is that? How inviting and yet adventurous does that seem? So, here's what we got to do. I don't know how to finish this. That's true. I don't. So let's do this. May you and I both, may we each learn from the wisdom of the East and the West to somehow incorporate and to integrate the insights of each in a way that's still honest and truthful to our faith journey and who we are according to our own personality. Because maybe it's not that the Jesus path is Eastern or Western, but that it somehow was a middle of those in the Middle East, yet somehow transcends and includes both of them. So may we all further dive into this mystery that is known as the spiritual journey. May grace and peace be with you every step of that path.